Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TemplateGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TemplateGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can even find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Amanda, and today I'm joined by special repeat guest host, Holly. Welcome back, Holly. Hey, it's good to be back. I'm so excited. Um, You actually recommended this topic, um, and now we're finally getting to record it, and uh, we've curated our own list, unlike all the ones before. So this is uh, your and my opinion about the best comic and superhero games out there. But first, we always like to talk about what we're playing right now. So what are you playing at the moment? Uh, I'm playing Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. It's just been released. It's I'm playing on Nintendo Switch, but I know it's on PC and many other platforms as well. It's available. It's kind of a remastered version of Klonoa that was out for PS1 when I was a child, and I absolutely fell in love with it when I was a kid. It's so cute. It has this adorable two-and-a-half-D world where it's like a platformer and they're all really glorious, like, little kingdoms that you have to go through. Solve little puzzles, tiny kind of um, platformy boss battles at the end. It is lovely. It's just a sweet little story about Klonoa, who's this odd little cat boy with, like, these odd big weird ears that you can kind of, like... Gonna kind of um, float a little bit with, and his friend who kind of stumble across this plan from this evil, evil demon that wants to go and destroy the world and fill it full of nightmares. And so they're fighting for the world that they live in, and it's so cute and adorable. The soundtrack is wonderful, and the port is really glorious. They've added in a little bit of a two-play gameplay for like an assist jump so it's not really in depth for two players but there's just that little bit there if you're playing with a friend or something Uh, i really recommend it it has moved to the nintendo switch perfectly absolutely perfectly Oh, amazing. It's so funny that you mentioned nightmares because I feel like with all the Sandman I've been watching, that's all I talk about these days. <laughs> um, that's great. So I'm actually playing as Dusk Falls. Have you heard about this game at all? No. So it's like a Telltale style uh, RPG. So it's it's more of a walking simulator than it is a real-time RPG. Um, and it's got like loads of different story trees and pretty much every kind of decision that you make is like a spider web of paths. Like they really have put a lot of time and effort into this game. However, I find it quite boring. None of the characters like really grasp me because 
at least for now, it's just a real world situation with like a real world family on a road trip and like a bunch of kids that are, you know, hooligans or whatever. And for me, I kind of want to escape the real world generally. Mm -hmm. So like in these sort of games, I sort of prefer something like Life is Strange or Telltale's like The Walking Dead, where there's some element of like fantasy or, you know, sci-fi or horror, something else that isn't just plain real life. And this game, at least for now, is very just plain real life. And it it's really not that compelling to me at the moment. I feel bad to say that because you can tell the amount of effort and care that went into the game. It just, it's just not that interesting. <laughs> Um, but it, it's very highly reviewed. I think I'm the only person that feels this way, but, um, you know, that, that would be my review. I haven't played it past the first, I completed the first chapter, saw like all the spider webs and like so many people chose this and so many people chose that, which I love that sort of thing. But that was just like, I really just don't care about this story. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not interested to go forward any further. So I haven't picked it up again, unfortunately, <laughs> but the good part of that is means that I don't have to talk about it very much longer and we can go right into the main topic, which is um, our list of the 20 best comic, cartoon, and superhero games of all time. This is not a list that we pulled off the internet. This is actually me and Holly's real life thoughts about what we would put in. And that's mainly because we really couldn't find a list on the internet that was inclusive of comics, cartoons, anime, and manga. And um, there really isn't a list that's inclusive. So now we're making one. So if you guys are interested in that sort of thing, this might be the list for you. So um, what I thought we might do is just uh, jump back and forth. You can talk about a game on your list and then I'll talk about one on mine. We'll just go back and forth and discuss um, the games that we put on the list. They're in no particular order. Um, and we do have games on each other's list that we like, but uh, we tried not to get duplicates just to make the show a bit more <laughs> interesting. So um, some of the things that Holly has on her list, I'm obsessed with, but I didn't include on mine because it's already on hers. So um, to kick it off, I mean, I think this is an excellent game and I'm going to let you, uh, you go ahead and kick it off with your number one, which is South Park, The Fractured Butt whole <laughs> <laughs> i mean the name alone says it doesn't it i mean i love south park uh i've been a long-term fan and it just gets better and better and better the last few episodes out the streaming wars so funny uh just brilliant but the fractured butthole again you're in that world um it really kind of starts you by um kind of following on a little bit from the stick of truth and then it kind of changes it's like we're not playing that anymore now we're playing superheroes and it's like um okay so as the new kid you get to kind of like go and create your own uh get up create your own skills summons kind of you know special moves it's a lot of fun um the world is really interactive the storyline is crazy stupid funny ridiculous and there's 
really smart puzzles that sometimes are a little bit of a head scratcher. And then sometimes I was like, oh, yes, I've got this. I know what I need to do. I need to head to that toilet in that house and I'll find it there. Oh, there's a great big poo clog. What am I going to do? And (laughs) it's just so much fun. And there's a lot of accessibility stuff in there, which I found was so good. Like, uh, I'm not so great with being able to smack buttons all the time. Yeah. And so to be able to put the accessibility stuff on and to go and have it where, like, uh, all the mini games, for example, where you go and find everybody's toilet in town and sit on each individual so toilet. Funny. <laughs> and have, have each individual poo challenges. <laughs> I like love the, it. the accessibility stuff will like cut the difficulty of that in half. The it, it it makes a difference. I was really really pleased to see that they'd included that. The way the game plays, all the formatting and how to interact with it, I found was greatly greatly improved from the Sticker Truth. Right. I, I did struggle with the Stick of Truth, particularly when I played the, the port that was on the PS4. I, I think I probably would have got along a little better with it on PC, but I am still a bit too old-fashioned and a console gamer at heart. <laughs> and so I absolutely, absolutely adored it. Just there was so many... Really brilliant, well thought out things about it. Some of the boss battles were really infuriating, though. By near the end of the bottom of the game, like yeah, it was, yeah, I remember. That. Were just like this is going on so long, no. But that's like the only bad thing I could say about it. I just there is not enough praise I can heap upon it. Um, the visual style is just really clean, really glorious, matches with the newer cartoon style practically perfectly, I think, with, like, the um, still 2D paper cutouts. Yeah, but it's the same time And it's funny because South Park, The Stick of Truth, is on my list because, obviously, I'm, I'm more of, like, a D&D fantasy fan. So out of those two games, that was the one that I enjoyed a little bit more just thematically. But I agree that they're both absolutely excellent games and representative of a very unique animation genre that you don't get often, um, which is why it's one of the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now number two on your list... I'm going to disagree with you right away. Uh, Arkham Games, Arkham Asylum uh, for PS3 came out in 2009. Now, I know it's a good game, but I have OCD, right? So the um, Riddler's Riddly Stupid Collection things, you had to be in the, like, bat scanning mode in order to see them. And I was so paranoid that I was going to miss one. I just spent the whole game playing in that ugly-ass mode, and it just ruined the whole experience for me. And I was never going to be happy if I missed a single collectible. So it was just, it was too triggering. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sucks. But I do know what you mean. I did spend a long time looking for them. But for me, I did find it rewarding. I'm sometimes a a little bit of a collectionist. Uh, When it comes to the Arkham games, though, a lot of people seem to have the preference of Arkham City. 
Yeah. Because it, it builds on everything that was put into Arkham Asylum and makes it huge, brings it out more and adds a lot more depth. But I kind of, I loved Arkham Asylum so much. It was absolutely unique and genre-defying in its day. I love the island. Uh, I love the kind of the, you know, the the messed up gothic architecture and that kind of like green tinge over it all. I love the stealth elements and... For me, there was a lot of replayability in the game. Listen, I think so it's absolutely the beautiful. Style. Like, it looks great, but unfortunately, I was in that terrible mode the whole time. <laughs> no! No, it's the only thing I remember. But I don't doubt that it's a great game. Maybe not for people who have OCD because <laughs> it was a bit stressful. But if you don't, then it would be great. <laughs> Um, so the second game on my list I don't know if you've ever played it I actually have not played this game however I have watched every single second of somebody else playing Deadpool for the 360 the reason why I put it in here is because I watch so much of it because it's hilarious like there's just jokes and banter and like the wit it doesn't stop you know it's the merc with the mouth so it's gonna be great and for a comic inspired game I feel like it's very true to the comics in terms of the personality of Deadpool and the voice acting and everything like that now do I know how it handles no I do not I watched somebody play it on YouTube but I watched them play the whole game the whole (laughs) thing so um it felt like I played it. It could handle terrible, but if you like Deadpool and you like the Deadpool comics, you will probably like this game for the banter alone. So that's why I've included it. And I cheated yes, a little bit in real life. a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it really is a, a, a huge amount of fun. Um, I've got my own little bugbear with Deadpool because like everybody thinks that the first cartoon character to go and like, well, comic character, I should say, that breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to the audience. Yeah. It's Deadpool. But it, it was She-Hulk. <laughs> it's always been She-Hulk, which I find that it seems from the new trailers that um, Disney's She-Hulk TV series is going to reflect that, which I am so hyped up for. I know, I can't I wait it. to watch it. I mean, listen, the graphics mm-hmm. probably aren't the best, but I think the quality of the dialogue is going to be pretty good. Um, right, so the third one on your list is one I've never heard of, Sakura Wars for the PS4 2019 anime-inspired game. What What is this game? Well, uh, it's the latest kind of addition of a very long running series of Sega games. Sakura Wars has been out a very, very long time. And this is like the game that introduces the new generation, the brand new flower division. Because the it's the flower division are a group of kind of spiritually powered young women beautiful maidens yeah and like there's a flower can like represents each one of them and the leader of the group sakura yeah in every rendition is always a sakura and which means cherry blossom (laughs) and um sakura wars is kind of a visual novel that's got some fighting elements in it because a big part of it is it's kind of like set in a steampunk world yeah and you fight in these great big huge mechs 
And so Chicks and Mechs has always been high on my list of yes. <laughs> it's now high Ooh. on my list. I didn't know, but yeah, it's on there now. <laughs> I love Chicks and Mechs. So Great. I absolutely Great. love it. And at first, when I started playing it, I thought I was just going to be playing a more fighty, I'm in the mechs, and a bit of story time, RPG kind of game. And then it also seemed to be kind of like a dating sim. And at first I was like, what is this? (laughs) And then I started absolutely getting into it. And I love every bit of it. I have replayed and replayed and replayed. Oh, I'm really into Sakura. I'll I'll go and try and just date Sakura this time. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I want Hatsuho. Yeah, I'll have Hatsuho. And so, like, replaying it to try to, like, get the good ending where um, the main character, Kamiyama, who's been um, sent there to become the new captain of the Flower Division. Yeah. And it's about him trying to, like, meet the girls and fit in and understand his role and then learning how to go and lead, you know, the the Flower Division against the, the demons and the forces of darkness that are trying to take over and destroy the world. So I absolutely love it. And then I just can't help... But think to myself sometimes I'm playing this game like, oh, I wish girls looked at me the way they look at Kamiyam. <laughs> like, <it's> all... Oh, wow. <laughs> like, like, just, uh, oh. And you can kind of, it'll tell you at the end of levels, like how different characters really like you by different emojis and things. Oh, and yeah. It's like oh, nice. I like that. You can kind of like see if they're there and they're in your corner as well, if they're rooting for you. I absolutely adore it. And there's also different game mode plays on there where you can play Koi Koi with them, oh. which is Hanafuna cards. Right. And again, I got obsessed with Hanafuda because this game. This game taught me Hanafuda. And now on, on Game Game Board Arena, I am constantly playing <laughs> Koi Koi. Like, I've got three games going at any one time oh, wow. of Koi Koi because I'm absolutely obsessed with it. So playing them against other characters as well, which have different difficulty levels. And, you know, I like getting some of them really annoyed at me when I beat them. (laughs) It's just absolutely adorable game. And it goes very smoothly into the new anime that they release straight after the game's out as well. So that kind of, the game is the introduction to the anime and the anime carries on the story. Right. So Sakura Wars has always done that really seamlessly. I uh, absolutely love it. So one for the attacker out there. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, the number third one on my list is something that I used to play with my brother and sister a lot. It is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 for the Xbox 360. came out in 2009. Um, you know, I probably played it a dozen times because it was one of the few games where you all four could be on the same screen at the same time. So me, my ex-husband, my brother and sister, when they would come over to our house, we would just all get on there and play and, you know, like trade off who was what and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember... As far as I concerned, there was no story. It was just more about the co-op and playing with each other. I do remember playing as Storm was very fun because she could fly and Iron Man as well. Um, the rest of them were sort of meh, you know, <laughs> because 
they sort of were hard to see on the screen when it became full of enemies. But um, I always did enjoy it for the co-op aspect, and I, that's why it, it's on my list for number three. But if it wasn't on my list for number three, I would have put your number four, which is The Wolf Among Us, PS3 2013 um, game. I really enjoy it. It's not my favorite out of the Telltale games, but I really enjoyed it because I had never experienced you know, fairy tales in that sort of way before. Um, and I was quite surprised by what they put together. How come um, you, what made you choose this game on your list? Well, it's a fantastic introduction to the comic book Fables. And at the time, my then boyfriend was really into Fables. And he was like, you have to play this. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And I, I absolutely got drawn in. It's when fairy tales come from Grimm, and now we think of Grimm as a very specific kind of style, this game is Grimm. It's yeah. Grimm, it's gritty, It's you're set in like a New York suburb where all the fables have kind of been transported from the magical realm to our realm, and now they're living in kind of bad conditions. It's crime-ridden. And you play um, Bigsby, who was the big bad wolf. And now he's like the sheriff, yeah. the peacemaker, the cop of the town. And I really loved interacting with the world, loving, learning about the characters, the mystery-solving. Mm. And Telltale Games do character-building so they well. really do they really do that's what um uh the game that i just recently played uh, as dusk fall that's sort of what it lacked for me was i just didn't care about the characters so i agree like i did like bigsby i thought all the characters were pretty compelling it's not my favorite telltale game um you do have it on your list, so we will get to it, but um, it, it's definitely one of the good ones. I haven't played a Telltale game that I haven't liked, though. I would say, not related to this list, probably the like Handsome Jack Telltale situation. That I loved, because he is the best. Um, mm -hmm. The Borderlands Telltale game was really good, but um, it's not really comic or cartoon-inspired, so it didn't make this list. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. So my number four is an unusual choice. It's Alien Isolation for the Xbox One from 2014. Now, it is comic-inspired, and... Um, I have not played very much of it because it terrifies the living shit out of me. Now, my partner, Tom, is obsessed with this game. He's like, it's the best horror game pretty much of all time. It's like properly scary. You know, you like the objectives are also scary. Like everything about it feels like the stakes are high. And I probably played about 10 minutes of this game. And I thought, no. This is, I'm never going to sleep again. Like when I was a kid and my dad let me watch the aliens movie, I had to think about Jesus to fall asleep, you know? So like, I didn't want this to happen again. So I have not completed this game, but even in that 10 minutes, the quality was great. The emotional buildup was great. Atmospheric elements, amazing. The aliens are fucking right scary. You know, like, it, it's amazing. And if I was not such a weenie, I would be able to finish it. But I know the quality is there. So I feel comfortable to recommend it to other people. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Alien Isolation is such a good game. I love survival horror games. 
I absolutely adore them. And this is one of the best. It kind of, at times, reminds me of the same kind of atmosphere as, like, Dead Space, because you're just there alone going through this huge, hulking space station that you're not familiar with at all, and it's been messed up. When the start of the game kind of reminds me of the start of Bioshock, like when you're there and you're suddenly in Rapture yeah. and you hear about it being such a wonderful, beautiful place and then you turn up and it's all wet <laughs> and it's ruined yeah. and it's graffiti everywhere and there's strange people screaming and running around the place and you're like, what is this? Uh, it's just so good. The the pressure, the atmosphere, like I don't even care that it takes like about an hour or something before I've, I even saw an alien when I played it because the that just everything about it, the atmosphere, the visual style, the mechanics. I think Sega did a fantastic job. And really, that is in one of my, if I did top 10 survival horror, that would be in it, hands down. And, and I would, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Um, okay, so after you put, so number five on your list, they're in no particular order. I don't know why I'm bothering to say the number, mostly so I can keep track of where I am, is Marvel vs. Capcom 2, the new age of heroes for the Dreamcast back in 2000, comic-inspired game. Now, how come such an old game has really stuck with you? Because it's so good. I had it on my Dreamcast. It was so it like built on the success of like Street Fighter versus X Men back in the day, and then Marvel vs. Capcom two. Really, they put everything together. You've got three player tag teams, and so you can tag people in and out of your fight whenever you want to. You tag someone back; they can start healing a little bit. You've got assists. You're great big, like huge collaborative combo power moves it is just absolute chaos and i loved it on the dreamcast because you've got this lovely 2d sprites i i am a sucker for a 2d sprite fighting game <laughs> i really do when street fighter all went all 3d i i loved it but at the same time i was hankering back for those 2d sprites so having these really nice 2D sprites, of course they looked really nice back in the day. The newer versions where they've gone and updated it and ported it does kind of show its age a bit, but they do put different filters over it if you want. Right. Or you could just be a tourist and have it look a bit more clunky. But I don't mind things looking a bit clunky. But back on those CRT tellies, you know that it looks so good and you had like the two and a half d so you had like the 3d backgrounds as well which didn't clash too much with all of the crazy action that was going on there's so many characters i think it was like 52 playable characters like 52 from all sorts like i could have ryu and then have jill valentine come in and give me a green herb to go and heal or you know if I was playing as Jill I could go and oh get William in come in rawr, you know zombie dog zombie dog crow you know I just loved it you know she'd come in I'm a member of stars it's just <laughs> they're all the little catchphrases the little yeah crazy combos that you could have and you could choose like alpha beta gamma so you could have like dash type heal type you know pure tank fighty type so 
there's a huge amount of ways you could customize it to your own kind of playable style. Some of the characters were absolutely bonkers, like a great big cactus, <laughs> like a little mariachi hat, and oh, really? just really creative, really fun. Even one player, which a lot of um, beat-em-ups don't tend to be as fun one player anymore, from my you know perspective. The arcade modes don't quite have the same sort of reward for me personally anymore. Yeah. Whereas I found the fun being playing with friends or playing online versus people. And sitting there with your friends playing this crazy anything goes, mad dash, loopy fighting game. It's just so much fun. So to have arcade mode being really excellent, having in-game currency that you don't have to actually pay money for, and you can earn lots of different things, new characters, new songs, new styles, yeah. new little stickers and stuff. Like, I think it was really rewarding, had loads of replayability. It was just so much fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, listen, I mean, a game being fun is the reason why I put the next two on my list, which is The Darkness 1 and 2. And I put them both down because The Darkness, in my opinion, is quite an unusual um, comic-inspired game. It's very moody. It's almost goth. Um, you know, the, the guy gets... Um, possessed and his arms turn into demon tentacles and stuff. It's absolutely preposterous in every way, but somehow they sell it and they make you care about the character. And both of the games I feel like were equally compelling and they were just fun to play. Is it the best game I've ever played in my life? No, but I enjoyed both of them immensely to the point that I still remember them now and regularly like, Oh, what's that game with the tentacle arms? Cause that was great. You know, like it was, it was just quite memorable. And sometimes the tentacles were sassy when they killed people it was wild <laughs> um so i i think there's a lot of value in adding games that are just fun uh, onto a list you know and and so that would be my entry in that vein is the darkness one or two for the xbox 360 first one came out in 07 second one in 2012 and they're they're both sick you know like if you like that sort of thing it's definitely the vibe um now the next one on your list I, I do have one of them on my list, but we'll start with you first. So number six for you is The Walking Dead by Telltale Games, the franchise. Now, I've picked out a very specific part of that franchise, uh, which is very memorable to me. But what what made you choose The Walking Dead over other graphic novel adaptations that I'm sure exist? Uh, season one for me was my favorite, The Story of Lee where like you start off I mean we as the player know that this is the start of a zombie apocalypse but the characters they don't know that he's being hauled off the court because there's been some awful business to do with his wife and a very high profile man that she was having an affair with and it's always hinted at that maybe you were innocent or things didn't quite go as it should have and it was an accidental death. But we never really get told because straight away this cop car crashes 
and you're just flung headfirst into the zombie apocalypse. And Lee goes and tries to sort himself out and find some help, and he comes across this little girl, Clementine. Yeah. And this sweet little girl who's just been left there, surviving alone. Yeah. And they bond, and he looks after her, and, you know, he's like, we'll try and find your parents, you know. And obviously, you know, with The Walking Dead, you always kind of get individuals moving and finding groups. The group dynamics were really smart. I think each character had something to bring to the table. Each one had different skills, and they all bounced off Lee as a character really well. But the character building and the storyline, the closeness between Clementine and Lee. Like at one point, I think in episode four, and Clementine's missing, and Lee is frantic. Mm. And when I was playing it, I also felt frantic. I was also frantically trying to find Clementine. I, I Clementine. remember being like, am I a parent now? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Like, honestly, it really is. It got me. It got me by the heartstrings, and it yanked. <laughs> and when Lee just accidentally gets bit like you've done so much survived so much got through really sticky situations and then the silly accidental bite and it's like no yeah no and then like lee using the last bit the last bit of strength in him to go and find clementine and to go and reunite with clementine but then you've got this absolutely heart-wrenching i was crying my eyes out and he's there like dying and he can feel it coming and clementine saying i don't want you to turn into one of them like we've just seen clementine's zombie parents walking around out there clementine must be in shock from all that and then the man that Obviously, she's come to think of as a father. Yeah. Because, like, throughout the rest of the games, we still get shown how she still remembers him. Yeah. And still values him and still kind of summons him as someone to be there and to guide her. And to then have to go and shoot him. As Clementine and... It's like absolutely. I just cried and yeah. cried. I was like, "Oh, Clem, oh." <laughs> you know what? Like in in the one that I picked, which is uh, the Walking Dead's New Frontier, for the exact same reason, the character building is excellent. And there's one scene in there where the "I love you, brother" scene, where he just keeps getting hit and hit yeah. and hit, and he just keeps saying, "I love you, brother. I love you, brother." Oh my God. And you are making that choice. You are continuing to just say, I love you as your brother is smashing your face in. And it is the most like heartbreaking thing ever. And I've never forgotten it. And, and I just, I don't know. I just felt compelled to keep saying it, you know, and it gave you the option. Like, Oh, do you want to hit him back? And I was like, no, it just, that doesn't seem like what my character would do. I'm just going to keep saying it. And it just went on. I think you say like five or six times. It's fucking Mm -hmm. intense. Um, 
but it's always stuck with me. And I think that's why out of all of them, that's the one that I gravitate towards the most, but they're all absolutely excellent. And, and Lee was fantastic as a figure. In fact, so much so that I forgot at the beginning, he shows up in a police car. I've just absolved him of all of that and decided that he's fine. So <laughs> I forgot about that part. That's so funny. Um, so the next one on your list is uh, another Marvel game. This is Marvel Spider-Man for the PS4 from 2019. Everyone said this game was great. Um, even the collection stuff was sort of seamless and integrated. At least that's what Stacy would regularly say. He's like, oh, you get backpacks, but it, it makes sense. And like you want to do it and it doesn't seem annoying. And I was like, oh, did you find that as well? Yeah, uh, I, I again loads of replayability. Uh, the visual style was gorgeous. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, just web slinging around the city was so much fun. I just web sling around and just try and find things sometimes because it just be maybe I've been a hard, it's a it's been a hard day. And I still want to play something, but nothing that's too taxing. I just web sling around, just flying through the air. So much fun. Oh, there's a, someone trying to mug someone over there. I'm going to sort that out. Bam. It, it was really enjoyable. I I enjoyed the story. Yeah. And the boss battles were a challenge, but in a good way. Mm. Like, uh, the only thing I would nitpick from it is that sometimes I found the camera would turn around and get stuck in really annoying places. I've seen that in playthroughs, actually. I don't think you're the only one who had to deal with that. That seemed to be sort of a recurring issue. Yeah, that's the only bad thing I can say about it, really. It was really, really enjoyable. Uh, I loved the storyline with it. It's just... All right. So much fun. Again, so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Well, keeping with the sort of comic cartoon thing on my list is Prototype 2. Um, it is for Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. It's like a comic stroke cartoon inspired game where you, I, I, if I remember correctly, you get experimented on. Uh, but once again, you get tentacles. I don't know what is with me in arm tentacles, but... <laughs> you, get, you get lots of tentacles. And it's very much like Crackdown, but more successful than crackdown three which was terrible and the the difficulty level of crackdown three would just skyrocket for no reason i feel like prototype you unlock new abilities and everything and the the narrative and the open world it still flowed and it and it felt cohesive there wasn't like huge jumps in difficulty like you didn't just get absolutely smashed up by wandering into the wrong part of town um so i i remember the game fondly obviously i played it on the 360 so i haven't played it for the xbox one so i don't know how the port is um but i i remember the game very well the first one also they were both good um and that's why i'll put it on my list because it's fun <laughs> <laughs> um so the next one you've got here is turtles in time reshelled for the ps3 an old 2009 game comic and cartoon inspired obviously uh, in america it would be teenage mutant ninja turtles but over here it's teenage mutant hero turtles um is this a sequel no they they just basically reshelled it they went and took it from the 2d and made it all again the same but in 
3D. I and love so that. It's still, what a yeah, it's, name. Yeah, this is Brigelle. Yeah, it's it's loads of fun. I, I love the original. Um, I do think Brigelle didn't quite have the same charm as the original, but as I've already said, I am a sucker for those 2D sprites. <laughs> and, I do and love to be it. fair, the original, they would have tried to make every possible use of the graphical capability that they have, and sometimes it's just impressive to see what they were able to come up with. It's not so impressive when you see, oh, this is the best that they did in order to upscale it to 3D, maybe that's not as impressive back in 2009. When at the same time we were getting Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, The Darkness 1 had already come out, you know, Arkham Asylum had already come out. You know, there were much better games graphically out there. Um, but no, I can see, listen, it's very charming to play something that you loved on a new platform. I'm always a, a fan of revisiting that sort of stuff. Now, the second one on your list wasn't on this list the last time. You found it and you've checked it in. Um, number nine is Berserk and the Band of the Hawk for PS4, a manga-inspired 2017 game. Now, I've never heard of this one. Yeah, it's. I couldn't believe I'd forgotten about it. I, I moved house, unpacked my PS4 games, and it was a man that's like, how could I forget about this? <laughs> I love Berserk. It's one of my favorite manga series even though the manga is very very dark very violent but um the anime the original one i absolutely adored so much and you basically in the game get to play through the golden age and the uh, black swordsman storylines mm -hmm. so they're the most kind of loved and enjoyed and favorited kind of storylines of the fans out there so getting to actually play it through the graphics are pretty good they've got like a nice style about them and i really enjoyed playing the story through and there's like little bits where it's kind of like cartoon panels where you have like the story oh so i like that yeah and then you go out and play it. So instead of watching, like, you take over castles and things, like, you're the one that's actually got to go and do it. So with the Band of Hawk, they're a mercenary band that are going out there and fighting in this kind of, like, medieval-inspired territory war of these two kingdoms. And going out there and being guts, you know, the... the century slayer with his great big sword you know going out there and smashing them all down with a dragon slayer and having to do these tactical things and it's really smart how they've gone and integrated the storyline into the game like in mid game they'll give you different objectives so you're still actually following the story from the manga which i thought was a really smart way of putting it in there so you could choose to ignore it if you wanted to with quite a few of them yeah but at the same time i i like doing it for the sake of this is what happened in the story 
No, yeah, it's, I think that's fair. That's totally valid. No one, no one should tell you how to play a game that you like, you know, play it how you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one on my list, and I'm not going to go very much into detail because we all played it. It's Pokemon Go for your mobile phone back in 2016, obviously cartoon inspired. We played the shit out of that game. We all did. And during the pandemic, I found it again. I even got one of those little cheat things so that I could catch more whatever. I really went into it and it helped me make it through the pandemic and it kept me entertained and I've deleted it again now because it served its purpose but it's like a solid game it is un unlike most games out there because you have this sort of AR element and it's based in the real world which makes it quite unique is it the best Pokemon game absolutely not but it was such a phenomenon that I feel like it would be wrong to put any other game there because there's no game that has been so loved and so hated as Pokemon Go so I think it has to go on my list <laughs> Um, so the next one and the last one on your list before we go to your honorable mentions is uh, X-Men for the Sega Mega Drive stroke the Genesis system from 1993. I mean, a real classic, classic game. I haven't had the pleasure of playing it, but I know this is a good game. Yeah, and it is a monster of a game. It is incredibly difficult, really incredibly difficult. But a lot of fun. If you like games that constantly challenge you and constantly have you thinking, then it was a good one to play. Uh, it's, you know, again, 2D side scrolling yeah. platformer. Yeah, and like little... all the games from the 90s are harder than games now, in my opinion. You okay. know, like there wasn't saves right off the bat. There wasn't saves all the time. So, you know, you were reloading progress. That automatically made it harder. But, I mean, I've heard good things about the old school X-Men game. I just wish I had a Sega Mega Drive or Genesis back in the day. I did not. <laughs> um, the last That's one on my boring. list before we go to your honorable mentions is for me, City of Heroes for the PC back in 2004. It's an MMORPG. It's obviously comic inspired because it's based off of Marvel and, and DC generally, although none of the heroes are copyrighted, which was quite a big issue at the time. You know, this was was and still is a very groundbreaking MMORPG. The graphics were well above their time. I've seen modern RPGs that come out after that not looking nearly as good. I'll give you one right now. The Elder Scrolls MMORPG looks like dirt in comparison, and it came out way later. Um and, and I loved it. I spent thousands of pounds and thousands of hours playing this game. I've talked about it a million times, but I, the list for me wouldn't be complete without City of Heroes and City of Villains. So I've chucked it on there. Now, your honorable mentions. Uh, I haven't played any of these. So starting from the top, Dragon Ball Z... Dragon Ball Fighter Z, 2018 for the PS4. Obviously, Dragon Ball, we all are familiar with it. But what what do you love about this version of Dragon Ball? I think it's the best of all the Dragon Ball fighting games. Um, again, arcade mode um, is a bit boring because there's clones fighting clones fighting clones fighting clones there's a lot like that but right. where i think this game shines is the two player and the online playing it is so much fun uh just 
really enjoyable. Again, it is a game where you've just got your own in-game currency that you've earned, like, experience points to go and spend on, like, cute, chibi little characters and little dudes and, you know, new music and character costumes. It's just... It's a lot of fun. There's a huge amount of characters that you can choose from to play. Mm-hmm. And it's just really enjoyable. And they made it a bit more accessible as well in regards of it's just a really stripped down moves list. You don't have to learn loads and loads and loads and loads. Right. If you can throw a Hidoken in Street <laughs> Fighter, you can do the moves. <laughs> In Fighter Z, so it's it's just really enjoyable, a lot more accessible, and it looks fantastic. I love it. I'm sure it's very bright and colorful. Dragon Ball Z always was, so if they brought that energy, then then I think it's probably quite true to the comics that inspired it. Now, Transformers Devastation is the next one on your list. It's a 2015 game for the PS4. Now, what kind of game is it? Is this an RPG, action-adventure? It's action-adventure. I love it because it's kind of based on the G1 figures. So to me, it actually does look like Optimus Prime and Megatron. It's not these new incarnations of it. It's the ones from like the movie that I loved so much when I was a kid and still listen to okay. now as some of my jam songs. But like the the games, um, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot to it that you can do. There's some smart puzzles to figure out and. I think the fighting's fun as well. Right. Like going and fighting, like transforming midair into a like a, a truck and then awesome. plowing into your enemy. <laughs> like, but the boss battles can be a bit formulaic. Right. They can be a bit, um, a bit boring after a while and a bit samey. Right. That's why it's not like hugely high up there for me. But I really did enjoy it. And I think if you're that way inclined, there'll be a lot of replayability. Right. Um, Yeah, listen, I love Transformers. I love the cartoon. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. So if I had a PlayStation, I would definitely be playing this. It sounds good to me. Um, The next one on your list is the old Alien Trilogy for the PS1 back in 96. Now, um, I haven't played this. I've only played Alien Isolation, and as we discussed, not much of it. Um, The Alien Trilogy, was this like an action-adventure game, or...? Yeah, pretty similar to Alien Isolation, really. But it was kind of like a storyline where you did play as Ellen Ripley, and you kind of went along from the start of maybe aliens kind of thing. You go and explore the crashed spaceship and the the story does kind of take you on its own little thing that's been inspired by the trilogy of films that are out in its time. Uh, but again, there's a lot of atmosphere uh, a lot of just sheer dread, like watching the little green movement meter ping, ping. Yeah, and no, like, oh, this isn't no. for me. Now I'm stressed out already. Stop, I won't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I, it was a lot of fun, and I think it's really nostalgic for me because I, I played it a lot with my brother, and yeah. we both kind of discovered that there was a cheat where you write, I got pink acid boots on, and it kind of put you into God mode. Awesome. So I always remember that because I just thought it was just one of the stupidest but fantastic things I ever heard. That, that is so funny. Uh, Ripley's got pink acid boots on, and therefore – you're in like god, god mode. mode well if i had pink acid boots i'm certain i would be in god mode so it checks out to me um, the <laughs> last one in your honorable mentions is dread versus death for the ps2 2005 comics is this judge dread that we're talking about judge dread yeah 2008 yeah and my brother told me that i had to put this in here so I've not played this one. I'm going off. This is my brother's review. And my brother absolutely loved it. He said it was fantastic for its day. And uh, it gave you extra points if you actually went through the game playing like a judge would. So instead of just going around and murdering, executing everyone, just trying to knock weapons out of their hands and to make arrests instead so there's different ways of playing the game. He says there's a lot of uh, like anarchic humor that is pulled in from the comics because he loved the comics. Um, I mean, I loved the comics as well when we were younger. Yeah. And so getting to like interact with like the world of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd in that way, he said it's cheesy and there's problems to it, but. He loves it, and he would not forgive me if I didn't put it in the list. <laughs> so there we go. I love it. That's so great. Listen, I, I mean, I've put games in that I haven't played very much, but if if you recognize quality and you know that they're going to be good, it's really, you know, it's our list. We do what we want. <laughs> cool. Well, before we hit the one-hour mark, do you have any final thoughts about our list of comic and superhero games? Anything you want to make sure the viewer or listeners take home with them? Well, there's so many different styles here that's all included in this list. You know, it's survival horror, I mean, story, visual novel, dating sim, RPG, fighting games. You know, there's just so much. And I'm not sure these games would individually top those lists. But at the same time... Uh, I feel when you've got games that really bring you that sense of nostalgia and the hark back true to the original inspiration of the manga, the cartoon, the comic, that the gameplay is fun, that there's lots of replayability, that there's fun mechanics, that the visual style, it might not be perfect, but if it's appealing to you, then... It's loads of fun. And at the end of the day, everything's down to personal preference. And I am sure I have overlooked loads and missed loads and loads of other games out that people could become knocking on my door and be like, hey, what about <laughs> this? And I'll happily listen. It's just my little odd curated little reflection of my silly little 
fandoms. <laughs> Listen, I think it's great. There are a lot of games on your list that I would play, and I'm sure vice versa. I know you played many of the games on my list. Um, and, and I think uh, people generally would agree with most of the things that we put down. And if there's something you haven't played before and you do play it because you listen to it on this podcast and you think it's great, please comment down below and tell us what you think about it because that's the reason why we make these lists. We want you to try games you haven't tried before. And most of these games are hella old and very, very cheap to get secondhand. And, um, you know, just get them on eBay, go down to game, pick, pick yourself up a copy and, and try some of these games out. But we're going to leave it there in the interest of time and wrap up this episode of Retro Level Gamecast. I really want to thank Holly for this week's discussion and helping me curate this list because it's a lot of work. Um, all the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you want to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us via retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. And if you like what you hear, head over to wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so that you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And, uh, rate us because that really helps our show give us a little thumbs up wherever you are um but until the next time we will see you later (laughs) bye bye